Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. Hello, guys. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and today for the intro of this episode, it's just me. Time for a solo intro. I feel like we haven't done one in a while. So for those tuning in for the first time, the intro of the podcast usually lasts about 30 minutes. I typically bring past guests to come back run through our standard intro questions, which consist of favorite workout of the week, fitness, wellness topic, self-promotion, anything you want to talk about. I usually call it the thing you want to talk about. And then we finish with the wild card. So today, just me. I'm sitting here cozy at my in-house recording studio, Rubio Studios. The sun is shining brightly. So let's pop off before we talk to our first ever international guest, a man with a story to tell on how he's gone to the gym for over 1,100 consecutive days. It's I really enjoyed this conversation. It's so much more than just going to the gym every day. We get a lot, um, we talk a lot about grief and kind of the power behind letting pain motivate you. So it's a it's a really good conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. So favorite workout. I did a Shred 415 workout this week led by past guest and favorite Nick Melnick. Also, past guest Kayla, since he fit booty and Casey Hilmer joined me for an 8am workout, which in my opinion, 8am is the perfect class time for me right now. I don't have to get up super early. I I can be back and working, you know, around 9am. Just right now you can just miss me with those 6am workouts. I am not in a season of my life where I want to get up early and work out. And I think it's just because I don't have to. I am starting my day between like seven and eight. So I just want to take full advantage of staying up a little later and sleeping in while I can. So the workout. Okay. I love the shred workouts because it's just 15 minute blocks of time alternating between tread and floor exercises. So you can really go hard, push yourself for that 15 minutes knowing that you're going to be switching it up soon. And yes, I mean, the next thing you switch to is also going to be really hard, but at least it's a it's a different kind of hard, which I just like the variety. Nick's energy is amazing. It felt so great to have him back on the mic. I have to say I was really nostalgic for his cycle bar classes, but this this definitely scratched the itch. His music's, in t- his music's perfect. Um, I said it before, I love doing intervals on the treadmill. I hate running outside, but I really fucking love doing intervals on a treadmill. And I really, really fucking love it when the room is dark and I can look at myself in the mirror and there's some beat bumping electronic dance music on that just totally gets me going. And in, in, I'm just propelled by the music and I'm reminded that I'm just a born and bred club rat and workouts like these are the closest thing that I'm going to get to a club for a while. I just miss, oh, I'm like really missing the good old days of going out lately this week. I don't know what it is about it, but if you haven't checked out Tread 415, 
go see them. It's a really fun, high energy workout. Okay, so for my thing with the solo intros, listeners and followers had the chance to ask questions, suggest topics of conversation. I put up stories on Instagram, but if you ever think of a question or a topic you want to explore in between the solo intros, um, just DM me. Email me, whatthefitpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so the first topic, let's get started with the I'm sorry dialogue. And you know, I was going to wait a little on this one because I didn't want to overshadow our campaign against the word toned, which we are still on. Reminder, fitness instructors, professionals, enthusiasts, let's remove the word tone from our vocabulary when we're talking about working a muscle. We cannot tone a muscle. And to get the most out of the work you're putting in, goals should be measurable, performance-based, looking toned, or getting toned is never going to be an achievable goal because it's an arbitrary moving target. But since my girl, Yolanda, shout out, suggested we get started with this I'm sorry dialogue, I'm going to oblige. So this is simultaneously one of my biggest pet peeves, but also something that I am guilty of. So just be aware of that. Saying sorry when we have nothing to apologize for, when we did nothing wrong, as if we're apologizing for simply existing. And I'm so painfully aware of this now in myself and in others. And I think a lot of the time, like, I'll catch myself saying sorry when I mean to say, excuse me, or pardon me, like I accidentally bump into someone or or reach for something at the same time. It's like little things like that, that it doesn't merit an apology. I didn't mean to harm anyone. You know, I don't. I didn't do anything wrong. And words we know are powerful. So constantly apologizing just puts you in this mental state that you did something wrong or that you should, you know, feel the need to explain yourself. So first, maybe we can start recognizing when we need to say "excuse me" rather than an apology, and when we stop over apologizing, we can get better at expressing our real thoughts. So one little trick I've liked deploying is instead of saying, I'm sorry to someone for something you did not personally do wrong, you can say, thank you. So for example, sorry I'm late replaced with, thank you for being patient. Just a nice little flipperoo there. Anyways, practice, be mindful, be aware. We're not going to change. I'm not going to change overnight after a lifetime of apologizing for being alive, but let this just begin the begin the journey to stop saying sorry when you don't really need to. Um, I, and I'm sure we will revisit this topic again and again. Another topic from Yolanda, proper rest. So in this context, she told me a story about how she was using hot power yoga as a rest day when really hot power yoga is not a rest. It's a fucking hard workout. And that was preventing her from feeling fully rested and ready to get after the next workouts. And I don't mean to brag, but right now I think I am really killing the proper rest piece. 
I've mentioned this before since starting to strength train with Johnny and living by the rule that I'm going to strength train three days a week and then the rest of the week, let's see what my body wants. So I have one, gotten stronger, 100% made progress, weight gone up in what I can lift. And two, my body has felt really good. Now, I certainly have days where I feel tired and where my mind says, oh, I'd love an evening walk, but my body says, sit your ass down. But overall, I can I can feel a big difference in the quality of my movement because I'm resting more. Like my I don't I don't feel as tight. I don't feel as um like my joints are moving better. If that even makes that might have to do with the strength training too, but you know I I I it's not even and it really feels like maybe I'm not even resting more because I'll, you know, I'll sprinkle in runs or really long hikes and walks and like Pilates shred this week, whatever it is. But I'm so mindful, this is what it is. I'm so mindful of the intensity and the frequency because I really don't want anything to impact those three strength days that I have. So I want to come in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and feel like I can go as hard as I can on those days. And so nothing the rest of the week is is hindering that performance. So Johnny's probably going to come on um, in about another month or so, maybe month and a half, and talk about my training experience. And this will absolutely be a topic of conversation, rest and proper rest. But I think just a couple rules of thumb from my own personal experience, you need to rest. It's not negotiable. If you think you need to rest more, if you're sitting there right now thinking, I wonder if she's talking to me. Do I need to rest more? Could I be doing this? You do. You do. If you're thinking about it, you do. You don't need permission. If you haven't had a workout all week or you know, very recently where you feel fresh and strong and ready to get after it, then you need to rest. If you're cranky and dreading your workouts, you need to rest. So I think more to come on this topic and we'll have an expert, Johnny, you know, a personal trainer talking to us about the importance of rest and what that looks like. But great, great topic of conversation. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, next question. Uh, what are the best leggings for movement? I am so biased on this topic. I only wear one brand of leggings to work in to walk in, to lounge in, do any kind of movement in, and that is Lululemon. They're consistent for me. They're super high quality. I mean, I just wore a pair of leggings yesterday to work out in that I've had since 2015, and they're perfectly fine. And and now, especially they have so many variations of fabrics for all kinds of different movement pursuits. I mean, there's leggings designed for yoga, obviously. Leggings leggings designed for running. Leggings designed for hit workouts. Leggings designed for dance. Leggings designed for relaxing and sitting your ass down. I don't think you can, you just can't go wrong with them. 
There's so many options. They have really cute styles and colors. They're intuitive with like the pockets and the zippers. And I will say the one pair that I'm missing is a long legging with pockets on the side. And I have shorts with a pocket, but no leggings. And I think that would be ideal for walking, which is why I bought the shorts with a pocket. But I think I need the leggings with a pocket. You can just stick your phone in there. So in my honest opinion, Lululemon makes the best leggings for movement, but also with a caveat that I really haven't tried many other brands. I'm not willing to take the risk to pay, you know, what, 60 to $100 and I wear them and I get sweaty in them. I don't like them. So if anyone has any other recommendations though, and you have good reasoning, good rationale, scientific evidence and proof documented as to why you like the brand, please let me know. Next question. Have you slash how long did it take you to find your flow with nutrition, exercise, etc.? So since I saw this question, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I really think of the flow coming in seasons. So, you know, for example, when I was training for a half marathon eight years ago, I found a flow with that training for sure. But it didn't last. I Just as I mentioned, I fucking hate running outside. I really, really hate it. I'll talk about this more on a future episode probably because it seriously just like boils my blood while I'm doing it and I don't understand. But, you know, it did, that, that flow and that particular training didn't last. When I was boxing and training for a fight, I definitely found a flow with that training. But then, you know, it's kind of on to the next thing. So now, right, I'm in the midst of finding a flow with strength training. I fucking love it. So I would say, yes, I've learned to find a flow with whatever season of training I'm in, but also knowing those seasons are going to change. So right now I'm so obsessed with weight training. Sorry if you're sick of hearing it, but it's not going away anytime. I'm, I'm in the honeymoon phase of like, why would I ever want any other kind of exercise for the rest of my life? But who knows? Who knows if that's how I'm going to feel a year from now, two years from now, So, you know, I found my flow with movement and in general, and that's not going to go away. Like that always state of flow, just movement. Maybe specifics will change, but when we talk about flow with nutrition, no, I have not found a flow. I'm triggered even broaching this subject because I feel like it's stressful for me. I'm torn between a place that I really want to support the training I'm doing. And then I know I need to write, I need to get enough protein and enough carbs, but how much is enough? And then that feels a little stressful, but also worth it to know that I'm taking care of myself. And I know that a part of this is, is discipline and making choices, you know, and supporting my physical activity. But then there's this other place that is like drink four white claws on a Thursday night, fuck it. So the easier, the easy answer to the, the question on finding flow with nutrition is no, I haven't. And the more I'm thinking about it and you know, the more I'm putting so much time and effort and money into strength training, 
you know, just as I've outsourced that part of my life, I'm really thinking about outsourcing my nutrition. So TBD on that. We'll see. Next question is, what's your favorite brand for denim? So unlike the leggings conversation, I don't know if I can say that I have a favorite denim brand. Jeans are so hard. I love wearing denim, but I feel like I find a pair and then I live in those. And a lot of my jeans, like my leggings I've had, I don't buy new denim often. So some of my favorite pairs uh, are from Zara, uh, J. Crew Factory. I recently bought a pair of a gold or a goldie. I don't really know how you say it. A-G-O-L-D-E. And while I love their cuts and their washes, like a very like cool girl jean, I didn't buy the right size. And then on top of that, they stretch out. So I have to wash these motherfuckers literally every time I wear them because they get way too big. But I love them when they're like fresh and out of the dryer. So if you do go that route and get and check out that denim, and if you buy a pair and you feel they're too small when you first put them on, they're perfect. I also have my, I've had my eye on a pair of a nine Bing jeans. Uh, these are more expensive, but also just like beautiful, cool cuts. I've heard people swear by mother jeans, also girlfriend, though I haven't tried those yet. Uh, I'm open. I would love to hear though. What are, what are some of your guys' favorite denim brands? I will share them. Ha, next question is how much fun would it be to get past guests together? I think it would be tremendously fun to get everyone together. This week, uh, just the way that it's worked out, I went to a Market Muscles at Quidwell. I had that Shred 415 workout. I was see- I've seen quite a bit uh, of past guests and it's just so fun. It's so great to get together and just see each other's faces. I was with Jordan Nobby last night at Market Muscles. Dr. Eric Nobby was coaching a movement class and she made this comment it just resonated with me so strongly. She's like, it, it's so good to see your face in real life and not on a phone screen. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'm sick. I've seen my own face on a phone screen. It's just like good to see human beings. I'm sure everyone can relate. Um, but yeah, to get back to the question, you know, we did that on a on a smaller scale last summer with the What the Fit one year anniversary party and it was so much fun. I had really big plans this year for a lot more in-person events where people could come and meet each other in real life, both listeners and past guests. You know, I was talking to a major vodka brand. Um, we we're going to host host a few happy hours. Obviously, with COVID, that doesn't seem like it's a possibility anytime soon. But I think it like, let's just for a second, right, pretend we could. I think it'd be so fun to host an event that started with a panel that I would moderate. And the panel would include, you know, some past guests, but also maybe some new faces we haven't heard from yet. And we could center that panel around a certain theme. I could ask the panelists different questions. And then there would also be time at the end for guests to engage and ask them their questions. After the panel, we'd just be like open mingling and drinking and snackies. We would all wear name tags with our Instagram handles for ease. 
And I just think it would be so much fun. So as soon as we can do that again, I will make that happen. Next question is, what fitness studio do you think is missing from Cincy? One from another city or your own idea? Hmm. Let me start by saying we have so many great, unique studios and our scene has just, you know, really boomed lately. But I think for me personally, what I would love to see and preferably in OTR because that's where I live and I don't like to drive anywhere these days. I would love to see a hot yoga studio that focuses on power yoga and music. So, you know, like a concept like Y7. It's a little grungy. They play hip hop music or electronic music to different vinyasa sequences that feel choreographed or, you know, just the the movement flows in line with the music in some way. So uh, now Hi-Fi does an incredible job at this type of yoga. I love their yoga classes so much, but for a downtown dweller, especially now, like I said, I rarely get in my car to drive anywhere. The trip up to Mason does seem more daunting than usual. And I and I also think because it's summer and I, I just want to be able to walk wherever I'm going. Um, but I like to see some challenging, some challenging hot yoga close by. They should do some yin offerings too, because that is important. But I want the main product to be a unique power yoga. And I want a class time of 7.30 a.m. and noon. Because we're, I'm working from home now, and those are great times for me to get away for a lunchtime or get it in the morning, but not so early. And I'm also down for any studio that's going to offer more lifting-based classes. You know, System of Strength does this. Um, I know there's a few others sprinkled out, but I think I think these are probably best in smaller groups so the instructor can look and coach on everyone's form. That's really important when it comes to lifting. So the class in my mind, it could operate like different stations and you can go through them at your own pace with your weight, but the workout is you know written, written for you. Ange Gordon did a great job of this with Benefit Studio. And I have not yet been to one of her classes at the body shop, but I would love to see a whole studio dedicated just to this. Like just get this down really well. And each class would be focused on different body parts, different lifts. You can see the schedule release for the week with the workout. So you know which one to pick to best suit where you are in the week. So, you know, I want to say fitness professionals, uh, investors, you are welcome to take these ideas and run with them, but you better fucking hire me as a consultant and partner for your space. Okay, next question. I'm about the same age as you. Do you like your 30s so far more than your 20s? I do. Hmm. Well, yes, I think so. So I'm trying to think first. Okay, I'm going to go through what I don't like about my 30s and kind of work backwards. I'm 32 for reference, except I really think I'm 31 because I turned 32 at the start of quarantine and anyone that has a birthday 
during quarantine, you just, you should not count it. You get to do it over. So I got my first like, like movement pattern injuries, let's call them. There's probably a better word. So, you know, I didn't do anything specific to injure myself, like twist an ankle or something. It's just like everything has started to catch up with me in my 30s. All the ways I've moved for so long start to show up through lower back pain, my shoulder pain that I'm that I'm dealing with, my you know feet pain previously. So that blows, it just like hurts. Getting older it just hurts. And I didn't I didn't experience any of that in my 20s. I feel like recovery was just so much quicker. I did have a shit ton of fun in my 20s, but to be fair, I had a lot of fun at 30 and 31. This year, not so much, but that's not my fault. So I'm going to try not to take that into account. I'm way smarter than I was in my 20s. I have way more money, which is dope. I have the podcast, which makes my life infinitely more better. I can still be an insecure little bitch at times, but definitely not as bad as my 20s. And, you know, I think I can still easily pass for 27, so we're good there. And I and actually know this to be a fact because when we used to be able to go out and socialize with strangers, I would coyly slip it in the conversation just to be sure I hadn't physically aged. Like, well, how do you think, how old do you think I am? Like that annoying question. So I think a more, I think a more honest answer is that I like my 30s. Here it is. I like my 30s just as much as I liked my 20s because I loved my 20s. And I've really loved every part of my life. And I expect to do the same going forward in the decades to come, should the world not end this year. Okay, before we get to the wild card, I have a couple of little announcements. This is also a reminder to anyone who has a product, a service, a gym, whatever, literally whatever, if you would like to advertise, with what the fit hit me up in the dms email me at what the fit podcast at gmail.com i can send over listener data demographics you know we'll really make sure that this it makes sense for your business and my business to partner together first announcement speaking of new fitness concepts i will be attending a brand new class offering over at lions pride wellness center it's a yoga trapeze class. So think like aerial yoga, but with their own twist. The first class is free, 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 free on Tuesday, August 25th, 12 p.m. David Fairbanks, past guest, has sent me videos. It looks like a lot of fun. So if you're interested in signing up and going with me, I will be there. Free class please reach out through email, Instagram, check them out on Instagram, Lions Pride Wellness Center. I'll tag this all. I'll get you all the information you need to sign up Tuesday, August 25th, 12 p.m. Hopefully I'll see you there. And second announcement, I feel like I'm reading the announcements over the PA in grade school. My dear friend, past guest, Caitlin Bolt Lovett, at A Life Nourished on Instagram, is launching a 12-week group counseling session for food and body image healing that starts September 23rd. You know her. 
You love her content. She's helped me so much with some really great self-awareness on my own body image. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will be a great resource and guide for whole body healing, and it's all done online. So this 12-week session is for you if you find yourself feeling guilty when you eat certain foods, you have anxiety around gaining weight, you feel like your body is something that needs to be changed or fixed, or you fixate on food and your body, allowing it to take away moments from your life. So let that sink in for a second. And if you're interested in hearing more, go over to her Instagram at a life nourished for more information. Okay, we've arrived at the wild card. What quarantine hobby did you pick up that you're surprised to see carry on? I never in a million years would think I would be spending my nights playing cards. But here we are still now, almost six months in, and I'm still fucking playing cards. The saga of my card playing began innocently enough with the game Exploding Kittens. It's a card game that was featured on Shark Tank. If you're not familiar, go look it up. It was really fun. I, of course, in all my brat glory, was like sticking my tongue out at playing cards. I did not want to do it. But Ryan was very insistent, so I begrudgingly agreed and learned how to play. And we we had so much fun for a while playing that card game. Then we started playing Rummy, which was the card game I grew up playing with my grandma when I was little. So it was so nostalgic and and just honestly not to mention fucking addictive. I would be like waiting for the workday to end to go play Rummy. We played Rummy for a long time. And, and all the while, Sheriff of Soundtown Brad was trying to get me to learn poker. And again, I was like, no, no, I can't learn. I don't want to take the time. Well, I learned and now I love playing poker, and it's how we spend most of our weeknights and weekend nights, and I really don't see the card play stopping anytime soon. So next up that I have to learn, and once again, I'm like resisting it, and I'm kind of dreading it, I have to learn to play euchre. So wish me luck. Hopefully I can pick it up pretty soon. I've, I've tried to play, tried to learn how to play euchre like 15 other times in my younger life, but maybe now in my smart 30s i'll be able to figure it out so thanks for following along we got through it that's all we got hope you enjoyed now we're gonna go talk to our guy from the uk my guest today has gone to the gym for over 1000 consecutive days he attributes his mindset which is steeped in self-discipline and accountability and his compelling story to his success in achieving his goals and helping others to do the same. His Instagram account is a mecca for fashion, fitness, and self-improvement. Joining me from across the pond, please welcome Jack Gerard. Hello, Jack. How's it going? Chrissy, that was quite the introduction. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was a very good introduction. I'm oh, doing yeah, well. no problem. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. You're, you know, just chatting before we, before we press yes, record. Yeah, we, we're we like, were, I think we were. we're in a little bit of separate camps. I'm like, I'm sick of working. You're like, I'm into, I'm in a work mood right now. So that's good for you. 
Do you know what the thing is though? I am I am like kind of sick of working, but and we'll get into this, like through, yeah. through, you know, the discussion that we have at the moment. But my yeah. whole mindset is if you're gonna have to suffer, like you might as well make something of it. So like <laughs> I'm just like, I'm here, this is the situation, like I'm gonna just make try and make the best of it. But it's not it's not that I'm enjoying the process. Yeah. Right now, well, no, that's 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 a good mindset. And I am really excited to chat with you further. I know we had a, a quick connect a few weeks earlier over the phone, but purposefully wanted to save all the good stuff for our recording. So again, thanks for joining me virtually. First ever international guest on What The Fit. So congratulations on holding that title. And I will say, you are a very smart man. And do you want to know why? Why is that? Because when we first connected on Instagram, Mm -hmm. rather than sending a standard written DM, you sent me a voice note. And you must know that Americans are suckers for a British accent. So I'm like, I don't even care what this guy did. Yeah, he can come on. We can hear his voice. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't even think about it in that in, in that light. But yes, yes, that, that is a good idea. I'm going to have to continue well, doing that. You unintentionally, that was a that was a really smart move. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So, okay, we need, we need to hear this story. Over 1,100 consecutive mm-hmm. days at the gym. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just showing up at a gym every day so i want to let you you know take it away and and kick us off what's this all about why'd you do this i mean to be honest with you even i'm i'm at a a really good place in my life now and um you know i look back on this this journey and this process and it's crazy to me that i've been able to come this far because where i started is definitely not in this position where I feel like like I wake up in the morning these days and I absolutely love my life. Even during the lockdown and stuff like that, I've been so grateful for um, for the position and the place that I'm in at the moment. But the reason why I started this journey is because back in 2017, I went through a lot of hardship and a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I basically came to breaking point and I realized that I needed to make a shift and a transition in my life to basically stop me from you know, falling off of the precipice as it were. So just to give the the listeners some context, back in 2017, um, I sadly lost my father very suddenly. Um, A few months after his funeral, my partner then left me. Um, I had a a cancer scare as well. I mean, like, it was a very, very, very tough year. And kind of going back to this, and I didn't, I hadn't quite wrapped my head around and fully embodied this concept at that point in time just yet. But it was definitely the beginnings of it. Um, and I, I kind of came to that decision where I was like, life really is getting the best of me. And I think for a lot of people in 2020 as well, a lot of people feel like that, like life has been taking the best yep, and like yep, really yep. kind of, um, getting, getting its way far too often. And, I was just tired of it. And even though it's a very arbitrary goal, I said to myself that I was going to go to the gym every single day for 90 days. Um, and then it just started compounding. 90 yeah. days became 180, 180 became 270. And hey, here yeah. we are, like a long, a long, long way after that. Yeah. Damn, damn. Um, so I don't think you know this either, but back in 2018 um, of July, I lost my younger brother in a motorcycle accident. Wow. So. Okay totally unexpectedly. Um, and I'm interested to hear from you. So were you going to the gym before? Did you like have any, you didn't have any kind of fitness routine before your father's passing? 
No, not not really. I mean, when I was younger, I definitely um, I, I always had a love and passion for sports, specifically yeah. basketball. Um, but in terms of the gym itself, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've probably stepped in the gym like twenty times in my entire life. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't have any fitness routine whatsoever. So those first initial days, those they were really difficult. It was so what what was it about the gym? I mean, you could have picked anything. You could have picked, I'm going to write for a thousand, 90 consecutive days. You know, I'm going to sing, you know, whatever it was. Why did you pick physical fitness or the gym? I think there was there was two elements to it. The, the first one is that I'd always had this vision in my mind of how I would look when I was older. And mm. I just never taken the steps to make that a reality. And I think that's something that a lot of us do with our goals. Like we know when we sit down and really spend time with ourselves, we know exactly who it is that we want to become. Um, but a lot of the time we kind of dampen that and quieten it because to get there, we know is also going to take a lot of hard work and sometimes right. um, having the courage to, to, to actually put in that effort is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, um, I really felt like it would be a good way to get my my ex back. Um, I was at such a, a oh, low. Oh yeah, the revenge body. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. To be honest oh. with you, like I was, I was at, I was such, <laughs> a, I was at such like a low point in my life, and I just, I needed some support, and I felt like that was the the best person that I could lean on to uh -huh. be able to get that support through that grieving process X, Y, and Z. And then as I, you know, day upon day went by, it's not that I'm not going to hold my hands up and say, like, I, I, I wasn't still trying to make that happen. But yeah. my co it, it, it was so weird because it was a really arbitrary goal, but I gained so much from it. My confidence went through the roof. My discipline just excelled. My drive, yeah. my determination, so many different aspects and facets of my life just, just improved. Um, and it, it really took me to a place that, took me to the place that I'd been longing to go for a very, very long time. Yeah. And that's why probably around day 80 and I was getting close to hitting that 90 day goal. I was like, there's no way I'm you stopping. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> what more can come of this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I want to talk about, I'm interested in, you mentioned that you had this idea of yourself, you know, what you would look like grown up physically. I sure. wonder if, do you think like unexpectedly, unexpectedly losing your father kind of put you in this place of like, oh, actually I am grown up now and this thing isn't like a far future off. Like this is something I need to like think about in the here and now. That's a really good uh, question, Chrissy. No one's asked me that before. Yeah, that is very, very true. Um, I, when he passed away, I realized I wasn't just the man of the house anymore. I was the man of the bloodline. And mm -hmm. that is a, a lot of, of, of pressure and responsibility because I yeah. realized that future generations coming up, their immediate role model for what it was to be a man or like how to carry themselves or how they should act would be me. And I yeah. definitely wasn't in that position or in that place where I felt like I was a good role model. Um, so again, yeah, it really yeah. pushed me to step into those, those shoes and they're big shoes to fill. Like my, my, like my dad, I'm really grateful for him. He was a great man. Like he, um, he was one of the first black headmasters in, in the South of England. Um, oh, wow. He, uh, he also in his retirement, he used to spend like 40 to 50 hours volunteering, helping, um, 
people uh, in in the cancer research charity. Yeah. So I felt a lot of, I, I not even pressure. I was just inspired the more that I reflected upon his life, and I still am very inspired to to be someone who kind yeah. of encourages and uplifts other people as well. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear. I think my so I had two brothers, both younger, and the one that passed away was the youngest of my brothers. I also have a younger sister, but my brother, who was older than my younger brother, still younger than me, he, we recently had a conversation, and I don't think he would mind me sharing, but he was feeling really similarly to, to you. Like our, our father's not around, hasn't like ever really been in the picture. And then with my brother's passing, he was like, it's me now. Like it's all me. And I guess just hearing you talk about hearing you say that and share that story, it kind of, that it hit home more so for me than hearing it from him. Maybe it's like a removed thing. You know, it's, this is my brother and I'm like, I'm like trying to fix him and make him feel better. And like, I can't just like hear him show up as my, as someone that's feeling this. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to talk about kind of like, okay, so goal one was 90 days in the gym. Yeah. Were you just like the goal is go to the gym every day? Like, doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't. Did you have a plan of action or just like show up at the gym and like I'm gonna do something? I mean, to be honest with you, for the majority of the journey, even you know, even now, some days that is, that really is the goal. But that and yeah. unto itself has been incredibly powerful because I remember in those first initial days, I want those first those that first like ninety day window. Yeah. Um. A lot of the PTs they would ask me why are you coming here? Like, what is your specific goal? Like, what are you, what kind of shape are you trying to get into? And I would tell sure, them- Sure, you time, need like a measurable, attainable goal but, most of the time, yeah. But see, the thing is, I would tell them, I was like, this is the goal. Right. The goal is He's just- showing to, up, yep. yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that that's incredibly powerful because, because I think a lot of people, um, not just when it comes to the gym, but generally in life, when we set our goal of, okay, I want to get six pack or I want to lose X amount of weight. Mm -hmm. If it's taking too long for that to happen, we lose the motivation along the way. Yeah. Whereas for me, every single day that I just took the action, I was winning. I got the rewards by making the, the reward, the action, the momentum was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and so all of those different elements of getting the six pack of losing the weight of increasing my strength, whatever it was, changing my self-image, they all came as a byproduct of, of making the action rewards right. rather than it was, another way around. Yeah, simply, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do something. So when you were there talking about the the trainers, like, did you work with a trainer? How did, If you've never been in the gym, you just show up and you're like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean, basically, I would just, well, a lot of the time I would go up to the PTs, I would ask them for some advice. Uh -huh. Or I would just go. And they're like, bitch, you got to pay me. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I got really lucky. I don't know what it was yeah. about it. I think I, I think because they saw me there literally every day, they were like, what is going on with this They guy? felt like, sorry for you. Yeah, yeah, they did. They were like, I, clearly he's trying really hard. He has no idea. Yeah. So let's, let's help him out. But also I would just go up to the biggest guys in the gym and I'd be like, bro, like teach me like what, you, what, to go what up to I the biggest to guys in the gym yeah, so i mean yeah it was, so you it just was, kind of like pieced it together like eventually very, did you do any like online research or anything like that 
yeah of course yeah. of course yeah. I, I i really got stuck into it um in in those early days and was doing a lot of research and obviously listening to people like jeff jeff cavalier simian panda mm. jeff nippard like all of yeah. those all of those guys um but it's, it, it's it's been it's been such a an interesting process for me because another one of of, of those fitness influences that i used to um look up to and i still look up to is uh, a uk fitness influencer called gabriel say Okay. And I used to watch his videos and, you know, especially in these early days. And now recently we've started connecting and um, looking to collaborate and stuff like that. And for me, that has just been incredibly powerful um, to have gone from where I was to where I am now. And right. and to be able to interact on that level with someone that, that I look up to is, is really Yeah, incredible. that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So, so, okay, you get in the gym, you're like, you're working out you're learning as you go you have the goal of 90 days first of all how sore do you remember how sore you were in the oh beginning <laughs> i want to talk about that it was wild yeah. it was wild i trained arms on the first day and literally for five like my arm I, I, my arms were literally just like stuck like this yeah. like i would yeah. sleep with, with my arms underneath my body to try and straighten them out for the next day <laughs> And then as soon as I'd wake up, they just go back into being like ninety degree angle. It was really, really, really painful. And I wasn't—I didn't know about nutrition as well, so like my protein intake was super low, so I wasn't oh. recovering at all. Got it. Got it. No, that makes sense. So yeah, I've, I one of the reasons you know, I've been working out very consistently. I mean, I would say since two thousand and seven, I don't think I've really taken m more than seven days in a row off. You know, I, I, I rest and like make sure that's important. But I, but I haven't gone like a period of time where I would where I felt like, oh, I have to get back in shape. Yeah. And it's only because I'm so anxious about that feeling of like, oh, fuck, like I'm tired. I'm dying. I can't breathe. I'm so sore. I can't move my body. Like, I just don't want that feeling. Did you know, I find I think that's really interesting because because a lot of people they expect me to have like crazy doms at this stage, but I think what you've said is very true. Like your 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 body just becomes so conditioned and so used to training a lot of the time. It's not that you don't get doms, but oh, for sure, I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> get really sore, and I have like been in that position where where you're so so. I I feel like my my I had this one situation. So I was boxing for a while. For a couple of years, sure. that was like my my predominant workout. I was I trained for like an amateur fight, and my boxing trainer had me do these like calf raises. It was like okay. on stairs, and it would be like you did a like kind of like a ladder. You do like a push up, a calf raise, the next one, two push ups, two calf raises, like all the way up. Um, and the yeah, next that's... day my calves were so unbelievably sore. Like I couldn't straighten my leg out to like walk properly. And I felt like they were just engorged. Like my legs were just so swollen with lactic acid, whatever it was, inflammation likely, yeah. right? From yeah. tearing down that muscle. Um, but that like, that stands out in my mind as like one of the most sore, the sorest time I've ever had. So you, you experienced that early on. I experienced that early on, but not, not, not so much these days. Yeah. But I really, I really, I'm, I think I'm a bit sadistic because I really mm -hmm. enjoy that feeling because that, that's how I know that I've worked. Yeah. Really I get hard. that. I get that. Um, People like that. Yeah. Yeah. So once you hit the 90 day, so about when were, were you approaching quick, approaching the 90 days and you're like, okay, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing this. 
Was it like a month in, a couple months in? I would say it was probably around like day 70 to 80. Okay. Okay. And, so you're getting close I, to the end. You could see the end. I, I could see it, but but even before I got to it, I just I just knew that like that wasn't the the destination. And, right. and as cliche as it is to say again, like I, I learned through this process that it really is about the journey rather than the destination. And yeah. so I was like, okay, let's just keep it pushing, let's keep it moving, let me just double it and we'll go for 180. And then once I'd hit that 180, I knew I was like, okay, realistically, I've got, I've got to go for a year because I can't, <laughs> I, I, mean, might, of course, yeah. <laughs> I might as well. And then it, I had to play, so I, I played a lot of mind games with myself basically to, to get me to that stage. And because we're sure. talking like every single day, yeah. like what, like you, if you were on vacation, if you had an obligation, like no matter what, you would go to the gym every day. Did you have a time frame where you're like, it has to be 30 minutes, it has to be an hour, whatever? Did you? Yeah, basically. It, 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 it mean, I mean, it's always that I have to go in there and, and try my best. I think okay. the, the, the thing for me is it's about, it's about showing up. Mm-hmm. And, and this is some of the best advice that I can, I can give to anybody in life with reference to any of your goals is if you just show up on a yeah. daily basis, regardless of, of, how much you get done or what you accomplish just by showing up and trying to do something you're going to make progress and my goal I guess my when I look at a deeper level at it my goal has to be has been to ensure that I'm always better than I was when I woke up Mm -hmm. um by the end of the day so that's always been my approach with it and and it's interesting it's kind of spilled over to to all different areas and aspects of my life now trying to zone in and hone in on how I can really, really use this to take me to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're going along, you did the 180 goal, you hit that goal. You're like, okay, we're just, we're going to make it a year. Was there any day where you were like, almost didn't make it? You're like, oh shit. I really snuck that one in. (laughs) Yes. There's been, (laughs) there's been two days. There's been two days and it always comes down to traveling. Traveling is really stressful. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. So the uh, the first one was I think it was it was Christmas of 2017 and I was going to I was coming back from Paris and the gym that I use is called Pure Gym and it gives you access to gyms all over the um, oh, the country nice. yeah but the gym that I wanted to use was like I didn't realize it was like one of their premium gyms and my oh. membership didn't cover it. So I was trying for ages to, to, to get into the gym and it just it wouldn't work. And it was already like 11 o'clock in the evening by the time that I got back in the country. Oh man, you've got getting, like an hour. You've got an getting, hour. I was getting so stressed out. So I couldn't get just in. Just like drop in. in the parking lot and start doing push-ups and squats and like sprints <laughs> or anything. I don't know. And I was, I was like, there was, there was someone working there and I was begging them to let me in. I was telling them about my story. It was like... <laughs> I don't care. Like, yeah, right. He's like, it's like you got to, you got to, you got to pay the membership. But luckily, I have, um, I had two bank cards. So what? I, and I've got multiple emails. So I literally signed up for a completely different uh, membership oh my using my other bank cards, my other emails, so I could get in. The second time was when I was in uh, Marrakesh, and we were staying at a hotel that actually does have a gym. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got back, they closed the gym. Again. Mm-hmm. So I was. So, I was so stressed because mm-hmm. it was like eight o'clock in the evening and I was at mm-hmm. the front desk and I was like, guys, 
please let me use the gym. No Look, I have this goal. I gotta get in the gym. <laughs> it was the same. I, I get it. I get it because it's such a stupid thing. But like when you put in so much effort and time, but they oh, were just I like, know. they were just like, nah, we can't do that. I was like, guys, I'll pay you a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds, yeah. three hundred pounds to let me in. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not getting in the gym. But luckily, um, we had a few friends over there who hooked us hooked us up. They had um, a contact with one of the gyms, and they literally opened up the gym just for me to be wow. able to go in there and use it. But I mean, I, I really don't like traveling anymore. Um, yeah, just yeah. because of those two things, two experiences. So, so it was truly when you say like going to the gym, it wasn't like a hundred or a thousand consecutive days of working out. It was like going to the gym. Like that was part of the the goal was like to physically go somewhere. Yes, yeah, 100%. And and it's been in, it was interesting in the in the lead up to coronavirus. Of right, course. I was so, going to ask. Yeah, of course. So, um the we the lockdown in the UK has been exactly the same as in the in the US. So mm-hmm. all of the gyms did close. Um and around February time, I was looking at what was going on in China and I was like, "Oh shit, like this this, this doesn't coming for us." Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't look good. Um and at that point in time, it didn't. It, it wasn't certain whether or not Corona was really going to be uh, a pandemic. Um, but for me, it was it was too much of a risk. And again, you know, another lesson of being prepared, of making sure that you are prepared and not, you know, letting any factors get in the way of you being able to accomplish or maintain your goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I went about uh, building a, a gym in my in my own house, getting oh, a squat yeah. rack together, Olympic bar, bench press. Yada, 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 loads and loads, tons of, of, of weight. That was and great foresight you had because now we can get no gym equipment. There is nothing to be had. I've been looking for 20-pound dumbbells for like a month now. It's hard. And I got I got so lucky because I, I probably picked up all of the stuff maybe like three or four weeks before the lockdown actually happened. Mm. And the amount of kit that I picked up, uh, it cost me like 250 pounds. But now it would cost like a, a grand plus. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, the whole aspect of, of just being prepared and, and, and that's why, you know, it, it, as arbitrary as, as a goal it has been, you know, when you, when you are applying that level of discipline and that level of, of mindless, like dedication to something, um, you're just willing to go that extra mile to make, yeah. make things happen. Yeah. Did, did you ever get sick? Were you ever sick? And you're like, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've been sick. I've had tons of injuries. I pulled my back in like the first um, in the first ninety days, and I was oh, literally yeah. sitting in the bath, like icing, icing, and stretching for like maybe four or five hours a day. Like it was that bad. Well, but, yeah. If you go from you went from doing nothing, then you're like every single day I'm going to work out. Most fitness professionals would probably be like, hey, let's ease into this a little bit. But do, do you know what? I don't know. Again, like I'm a, my mindset has just been no excuses. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no excuses, and it's it's helped me. It's helped me so much. Like I, mm-hmm. I um, in in the first, I think it was in the first one eighty days or maybe two fifty days or something like that. I was like, okay, if I can do this, then I, I can do, I can do some other things. I know that I can do some other things. Was it, because this journey for me really has been a lot more about the power of our minds. Like I, mm-hmm. once we're able to realize how powerful we are and like how powerful our minds are it really helps us to go to another level so i was like again another goal that i'd really wanted to to hit was running a marathon Mm. and for anybody who goes to the gym you'll know 
that just because you're lifting weights, it does not mean that your, your cardio is any good. Right. Um, but I wanted to intentionally make it difficult for myself. And as I was saying, like I, I was still very much in a period of suffering at, at that, that point in time. So I was like, if I'm going to suffer, then I'm going to suffer with purpose. So I signed up to run a marathon about four weeks before the actual race. And I deliberately decided. Oh, my God. You d- signed up to run 26.2 <laughs> miles with four weeks to train. How long into your fitness journey is this? How long have you been going to the gym every day? This was probably around 200 days or so, around 200 okay. days. Okay, okay. So, so, I mean, my cardio wasn't horrendous, but it's not like I'd been doing any, any cardio. Long training. distance running? Yeah. No, no, no. So really quick, so your workouts were, was weightlifting, right? Or did yeah, you just it, like sprinkle in any kind of cardio or is it just weightlifting, weightlifting? Exclusively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's, that's, I mean, to be honest, that's still the case. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine. That's totally fine. So how did the marathon feel? <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. It was really, really, did really Did you run hard. the whole time? I ran, I ran uh, 18 miles. Wow. I ran 18 miles. And then when I hit the 18 mile point, my legs just seized up. Like yeah. they just stopped yeah. working. Um, <laughs> And then I, I had to walk probably like to about mile 20. Then from mile 20, I started running again to about mile 23. And then I genuinely, I, like I, I, I say this and I'm not kidding, like I genuinely thought I was going to die. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I fully believe you. I fully believe you. I did a half marathon back in 2012 and I trained, right? I had my, my little training schedule. I was like, start here, here, here. And still, I'm like mile 12. I was like, this is the most painful thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I trained for it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's but hard. With, that, with, it, with, that, with that separacy, though, like, I think, again, going back to like the, the mental aspect, what it was that pushed me through was, and, 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 and I know that you'll be able to sympathize with this um, because of what had unfortunately happened with your brother, is when you go through something as horrendous and as heart-wrenching as that, like there is nothing in life that compares to that level of pain. Yeah. Like it's it's very hard for people who haven't had that type of hardship to understand how it rips yeah. it, like that that the expression of ripping someone ripping your heart out, that is exactly how it feels. It's horrible. Yeah. And so yeah. even when I was in that race and my legs were burning and I couldn't breathe and my heart was pounding and it was really, really, really painful. I just kept thinking about everything that I'd been through and the fact that I'd been able to go through it and to, to somehow figure out a way to become better for it. Yeah. And if I could do that, then I knew that, that I'd be able to, to push through whatever else life could throw at me. And again, you know, this, this is that whole mindset of, and I, 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 I really want, people to to try and look at life through that lens especially Mm -hmm. this year of sometimes setbacks are setups and Mm -hmm. adversity and hardship and difficulty really can be the springboard to allow you to to accomplish great great things if you you take that that viewpoint yeah absolutely no i i had a, a similar experience i think probably like 10 ish months after my brother died um I participated in this this race through a fitness studio and it was, you know, nothing like totally competitive and there wasn't really much like training to do. It was kind of just like a fitness test. So sure. there was like a 
I don't remember now, maybe like a thousand meter row and like certain number of reps on the floor. And then you ran a, a um, 5k like on the treadmill. And, you know, I was like, well, if I'm doing this, like I'm going to try to do it. And I, I noticed, you know, I was kind of leading the pack to begin. And so then I was like, all right, well, if I'm kind of leading this and like, maybe I should just try to win. I didn't go in being super competitive. And I was like, ah, well, since we're here, um, and you just like towards the, you know, in the middle of that 5k and you have like people yelling out like, oh, this person's at this mileage. Cause you can't see where people are on the treadmill since it's keeping track for them. Sure. You know, they say like, oh, this person's close or whatever. And I was like, all right, I got to fucking kick it up. And I was, yeah. and I just thought of my brother, Joe. And I was like, first he was not into fitness. He, I was like, I know you don't fucking care about this, but like, <laughs> I also know that you would never want to lose. <laughs> so yeah. like propel me through this, help me through this. No, I get that. Totally, totally. Yeah. So, yeah oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like when you, when you, when you learn how to kind of tap into to, mm -hmm. to that, I don't know that like inner beast, that monster, that pain and, yeah. and utilize it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you ever wanted to quit, but it sounds like probably that wasn't even an option. Well, in the race. No, no. During, in general. Yeah during this, this goal and it's an yeah. ongoing goal right we should say like are you you haven't yeah. stopped going to the gym yet no we're still going we're still what moving day, what day are you on right now uh, august 19th i think it's like uh 11 39 or 11 okay. 40 something okay. like that yeah okay got it got it yeah i mean no i haven't i haven't wanted to quit because i i one i guess to be honest with you i'm, I'm really scared of um becoming like how I used to be and, mm. and not waking up with purpose and not yeah. um, just appreciating life in this level and trying to make the most of it. Um, but also too, I see, I see how there's so much more that is yet to come mm -hmm. because for me, it's really not about the gym at all. It's all about the mindset and, yeah. and the more that I'm able to cultivate that and the more that I'm able to understand what it takes to, to really become successful in life, it just propels me forward. Yeah. And the more results that I, I, I see, I just, I'm like, I can't stop. And especially because of, of where I started and the journey that I've been through, I feel a great deal of responsibility, especially for men, for young men to, to speak on this, on, you know, suicide prevention and, mm -hmm. and mental health. Because for me, I think one of, one of the, the, the difficulties for a lot of young men is that, Sometimes when you speak about these things, uh, you can worry about being vilified for coming across yeah. as being weak. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm trying to tell people and I'm trying to show them that pain can be your source of power because it really is my source of power. Mm -hmm. My ability to be weak is my greatest strength. And so, yeah, I, just, I can't you know, stop. Yeah, I can't no, stop. I, I stand beside you fully in this kind of quest to help men understand that there's so much power and vulnerability mm. and connection with mm. other humans. And like, that's so powerful mm. and that it's abs it's absolutely not a sign of weakness. Like it's, it's so frustrating that these are the messages, the messages that have been directed at men over and over and over again. When you're like, why would you want to do that? Why would you take, why would you want to have a man who is already so innately powerful as like mm. the, you know, physically dominant of our species why would you want to make them believe that emotion and vulnerability and connection it means you're weak like it just seems like 
so fucked up, like sabotaging. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but I, I understand it because I, I really used to be that way. I really, mm-hmm. really, really used to be that way. And and the the switch was was when my dad passed away and my emotions, even now, like my, I mean, for a very long time, my emotions were literally hit. I can yeah. feel them here. And they're not, yeah. they're not that high up anymore. Like I can tap into them when I need them and use yeah. them to my benefit. Um, right. But, but like, man, if I hadn't, if I hadn't gone through that process of being very open and um, being able to discuss these things with mm-hmm. people, yeah, it, it would have crushed me. It really yeah. would have crushed me. Yeah. I have one more question kind of on the whole training piece how did you deal with recovery? Because we know that recovery is, is an important part of training, but without taking any days off, were you just like switching like body parts that you're working so that, you know, you weren't like kind of loading up your legs all the time or your back or your arms? How did you work recovery in there? Yeah, precisely. I mean, yeah. without, without question, had I trained less, <laughs> had I, even though I've been to the gym every single day, and this pains me to say, had I trained less, I without question would be bigger. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I just haven't given myself that space to properly be able to recover or to be able to train properly because mm-hmm. of the way that I need to train to be able to make this a daily thing. So I, I've always had to do a lot of isolation um, mm. training. So I will train like biceps and try rather than doing, you know, push pull days or, or a lot of compound lifts and stuff like that. It just yep. doesn't work. My body, yeah. it just, right. it breaks Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. That makes sense. It makes sense. So, so yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I want to talk about we've we've kind of t- touched on this as you know, 2020 as the best year yet. You recently, I saw one of your posts on mm-hmm. Medium.com, which I had never heard of Medium.com before. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. I mean, to give listeners an idea, basically, like authors can just contribute to this platform, right, and kind of write about a variety of different categories, topics. Yeah, yeah, kind of like it's, a freelance type of thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. basically like a you, you can go out there and upload like blog posts and articles and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, which is cool. So I I saw your post on 2020 as the best year yet, and I think many people who are listening to this may be like, "Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? This has yeah. been the worst <laughs> year yet." So I wanted to just kind of have you to speak on it a little bit, and I have some some thoughts around it too. Okay, I guess I guess. The reason why I feel like 2020 has the potential, and and it, that is the key word for me at least, mm-hmm. the potential to be to be mm-hmm. the best year yet, is um, because of what I said about adversity, kind of revealing and and strengthening character, and and if you're able to step into um, all of the hardships and all of the difficulties from this year and be comfortable with being uncomfortable will grow tremendously. Mm-hmm. Like the, in the last four months, I have grown more than I usually grow in the space of a year because of all of the challenges that are coming my way. I'm like, I, do, right. I, I, do, I don't want people to think that I enjoy being uncomfortable. Like I really don't. It's not nice. No, no I, one does. No heck. one likes it. Well, maybe but some people like it. I, I, like, I look at people like David Goggins. And yeah, I'm like, I was going to say like, David Goggins. That's I'm exactly. Like, I, you, you look like you enjoy this, but like, right? You, he's got a screw or two loose. Something is not in the best way possible. Something is yeah. not right up there. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's if, crazy. If, if if anybody hasn't listened to his audio book, they really need to. Yeah, I mean, he's, yep. he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But 
but it, it, I mean, and it, again, it's that whole concept that he talks about and talks to as well of just you know using using these situations as an opportunity to grow. And because there has been so much difficulty, because there's been so much hardship, by force, all of us have been pushed outside of our comfort zone. And therefore, it gives us the opportunity to look at and live life in a completely different way than we normally would be able to. So to have the confidence and the courage and the ability to step outside of your comfort zone when you don't need to already is an incredibly difficult thing to do. But when life forces you to do that, if you're able, it's, it's, it's just a lot easier to kind of make that transition. Um, so that's what, that's why I believe like, yeah. there's a lot of power and potential ambition. I, I agree with you. And I think it really, it all depends on how we define the best. And so if best means from like an external validation perspective, like it's the best because you're going on vacations and you have social events and things are fun then no, this is not the best year. But if we think about it, like you said, from this internal growth perspective, mm-hmm. then you there's a, a definitely an argument that this could be the best year for a lot of people. But you kind of have to be willing to get outside the complaining, to get outside the bad attitude, the negativity, to see that. And then I think, you know, maybe not, we're maybe we're not totally there yet. You know, there is a, a grieving process, as you know, of our old way of life is is not here right now. Will it come back? We don't know. And so part of that, you know, is denial and anger and and that's fine. We need to get through that, but hopefully then you can get on the other side looking back. You'll be able to see just how adaptable we are. Yeah. As this, like what for me and this is going to seem it, it's it perfectly I think relates to what you've been saying. It's so silly, but through quarantine, I've done things that I never thought I would do, that I flat out said I will never do. Work out in my living room, okay? I'm a, I'm a group fitness. I'm like a social fitness person. Love to bounce around to different studios. Needed the, I thought I needed the energy of other people to motivate me. I need a dark room. I need the loud music. I need someone telling me what to do. Well, I didn't have that. So I had to work out in my fucking living room on the carpet by myself Day in, day out, I had to do that and show up. I thought I would never do that. Another thing, I said I would never play poker. I said I could never learn how to play. I learned how to play. I love playing poker. And they, yes, it's like there's such small things, but like you're saying, that shift in your mind is big. Just the very plain to see. I said I would never do this, and I'm doing it. Yeah, without it opens so many doors. When you when you open yourself up to the possibility of trying new things and willing to kind of go through that process, you're yeah. like, fuck, like it's what fun. Can I, yeah, like what can what what else right. can I do? Right. Like what else can I conquer? And I think in that way, yes, without question, I miss seeing my friends. I miss yeah going out and partying and getting drunk and (laughs) going on holiday and all of these things. But there are other things that I can focus on now so that when those opportunities arise again, it's even better than it was before because my my whole life, my whole situation is set up in a completely different way. And I guess, you know, that's the way that I'm trying to look at things is, okay, maybe I don't, I really don't know the next time that I'm going to be able to go to like a proper party. I know. But when I go to a proper party next time, best believe me, it's going to be a completely different experience and a better experience than, than what right. it was before. No, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was driving and I was like, I was listening to music. I was listening to like music that 
in the good old days, we would hear played at a club. And I was like, oh, God, I miss going to a club. And I was like, I take back anything I ever said. Because I was like, you know, kind of getting to point where I'm like, oh, I'm over this. Or like I was finding the annoying things about a club. And I'm like, I, I will never talk negatively about a club again. I promise. Yeah. Like I just want to be uh, dancing with crowded and it's sweaty and you yeah. can't get a drink and you can't hear anyone talk. Like that's what I want. Yeah, same. But it's, it's interesting. Like I, I have been, I've been out a couple of times, not out, out, but to, um, to a couple of restaurants that have been open and mm-hmm. you know, to a few social gatherings and, and just my level of, of appreciation for those simpler things in life is so much higher. And, yeah, um, it is. Again, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest, like a lot of the time I, I deliberately don't look at certain situations because I know inherently like they just suck. Like yeah. they really do suck. So I just try right. and focus on the positive shit. So, no, that's yeah, good. I mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so as you were like progressing through the gym, has the goal shifted or is the goal shifting now where it's not just about showing up? Do you have like strength goals or aesthetic goals or anything like that? Or is it still just, let me go to the gym every day? Yeah, it kind of is, which is strange. Like the, the goal, the goal is really just to keep it up. I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I stay in the best possible shape that I mm-hmm. can. Yeah. But for me, this really is a vehicle to everything else in life. Like off of the back of this, like I've now started waking up at like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, um, Like journaling on a daily basis, reading for like an yeah. hour every single day, like really, really looking at the habits, the habits in my life. Because I, for a lot of people, like this, this might sound really intimidating of doing something like this for yeah. a thousand plus days. But, but the way that I, I try and explain it to people is one, it's so much harder to get started than it is to stop because it's like brushing your teeth or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Like right. after a certain point in time, there's a lot of times I'll just turn up to the gym and I don't, I haven't even thought about going through that process of I need to go outside. It's yes, cold. it's like, automatic. Like, yeah. I'm just there. Um, so I've started looking at my habits of, okay, for me to get to the point and become the person that I want to be in life, what are the things that I need to be doing on a daily basis? And I don't want to invest too much into the gym itself because I don't really have any aspirations. Like, I'm not a PT. Like, I have, yeah, I have no inspirations yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of becoming a PT and stuff like that. But but I realized how valuable and how powerful um, something as simple as exercising and putting yourself outside of your comfort zone can right. be for everybody, for everybody. Right. And that's why, I, you know, I feel like I should keep going. Yeah, though this is a perfect segue into the question I wanted to ask of how do you take care of yourself, you know, outside of the gym? And so you you kind of mentioned the journaling and the waking up early. So sure. this, yeah, what else do you do to help your whole self-support? I always, I try, I always try to be very honest with um, myself yeah. and with the people around me. So um that's a really good one. I think an overlooked one with people. You know, some people come in and say, I meditate, which is great. I go for walks, of course, which is great. Nutrition, but like honesty with yourself and others. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, good. I mean, because that's what that's really what I, I, I found for me. That's where a lot of it really stems from is um, when I'm not feeling too hot, when I mm-hmm. don't feel great. I need to, to be honest about that. I need to tell people. That that's that's the case everything really for me it stems from the mindset it stems from from that mental health aspect and 
And I think, again, it's so interesting. I, and I, I know in America, I think things are slightly different than over here in the UK. Like mental health is very, very taboo. Or I mean, it has been very taboo in the UK. Um, but it's when I say mental health, I'm not talking about like depression and anxiety and those kind of things. In exactly the same way that I would talk about physical health, like going yeah. to the gym and exercising. I mean right. it in that sense and keeping yourself in check, making sure that, you know, you're 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 watching what you're thinking and you're yeah. watching what you're engaging with and stuff like that so um that's that's the one thing that i really try my best to to stay on point with because yeah. i know when when my my mind is in the right place everything else is just going to be just going to sure. fall, fall where i want it to for sure for sure i saw you posting recently about a morning routine yeah i, yeah. I don't and i don't want to make a broad generalization but I have heard more men, because I love to talk about men, I love to talk to men about their self-care, their self-support, mm-hmm. but I've heard more men talk about the importance of their morning routine as it relates to success with the rest of their day versus women talking about. So, mm-hmm. and and I have a morning routine and I love it and it brings me joy and that's why I love to do it, but I don't think of it as relating to like a success or failure of my day based on my routine. But I've heard, but men, I've heard many men talk about it in that way of like, this is sets me up for success. I mean, yeah, that's that's been my experience as well. And, and my morning routine is something that's very recent as well. Like I implemented mm. this in the, I, I've been fighting with it. Like yeah, months, yeah, like, that's okay. I, it's, I think that's great <laughs> to say. I fight with my routines or whatever it is all the time. Yeah. So it's it's been, it's been, um, like a, probably like a three month process of getting to this stage before I was struggling to even get up at like 8am in the morning. So yeah. to get to this stage of getting yeah. up at like 5.30 has Oof. been, um, but you know what the thing is, is, is again, it's just like a habit. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It gets to that stage where it's a habit, but I really do agree um, with, with, I guess what some of these other guys are saying, like I can quite definitively say based on, cause I have quite a long morning routine. My morning routine is uh, two and a half hours long. Oh <laughs> shit! Well, maybe that's why you're fighting with it. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, what are you doing? Well, I mean, there's not that many steps to it, and I do think I need to probably cut it down a little bit. <laughs> but like, I wake up at five thirty, and then I will, um, I will, I'll first, first and foremost, I mean, I've got to make my bed, yeah, and then I go yeah, down, take my subs, um, protein shake. I do like my my skincare routine, wellness, oh, um, yeah. like general. Of course, of course, uh-huh. you know. I know. And then. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll read for an hour and then I'll hit the gym for an hour. And then, yeah, that's the reason yeah, why. So gym is, like, yeah, okay, that's, that makes sense. That's it's the like reason why it takes Yeah, but, yeah. But, but I guess for anybody who doesn't have a morning routine, the reason why I think it's so powerful is because it allows you to build up momentum before you even sit down and start tackling like your to-do list or get to work or whatever it is. So you have a lot of confidence and you have a lot of weight behind you already before you sit down at your desk and so you're not kind of going into things cold um mm-hmm. so if i don't perform with my morning routine it's not that um i can't deliver on on the day but it's just the energy is different when yeah. when i've been successful in that process because i have a little bit of extra oomph. yeah yeah i would just be very interesting in some kind of social experiment for people to study men and women their morning routines versus how are they feeling about them how does it help drive their day i would just be very interested in that but i don't know if that exists nor 
do I know how to conduct any kind of research study as such? So, what's um, what's your morning routine like? Because I, I think for me, it's it's always really interesting to kind of look at those different elements and try yeah, to figure out. Yeah, um, so I've had various morning routines, kind of like come and go, different seasons of life. But right now, currently, when I wake up, I make my bed because mm-hmm. I agree. I just also just like to look at a very clean, tidy space. Yeah. And yes. so that's like the main driver of it. It's like my yeah. bed's not made. I'm like, oh. So I make yeah. my bed and I put on um, the New York Times, the daily podcast. So it just is like a 20 minute podcast every morning. That's kind of like what's going on in the, the world, in the country. Um, I put that on, I go down, I make my coffee, has my proteins in my coffee. And then I go on a walk outside. Oh, okay. So I walk probably for... It's probably like a 45 minute walk, just like around my city and back up again. Um, and then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start the day. So it's not complicated, you know, and, and sometimes depending on how long I have, there's a park along my walking route and I will sit at the park and I'll do like a three minute guided meditation, like nothing crazy, just some time to like check in, breathe, feel appreciation, feel grateful and like on with my day. I think that's it. Like it's, yeah. it's. I think I, I, I get. It's really interesting you saying that because I think a lot of the time, when especially if you're working for somebody else, mm-hmm. like you wake up in the morning, and then you, someone is already controlling your life, and you're like, it's sure. just, it's, it's really depressing. Like, but if you, if you're making that that space, it doesn't need to be a lot of space in the morning, just for yourself to check in, as you said, and you know, yeah. see how you're doing, and going for walks as well. It's super wholesome. Like just yeah. Oh, I love walking. Yeah, I yeah. Love it. And, so, and I might I might be able to like do a couple um, like when I'm making my coffee, if I have like dishes from the night before or like just tidying things, just kind of just. But I think it is exactly what you said. It's it's my choice to do those things. And they're helping to like support my overall feel of the day and my living space. And like it's just for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. It gives you it gives you like that element of. Of, of feeling like you've got a lot more control over your life. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> just, gonna... just working away for the man. Okay, so Jack, question for you. What yeah. does being fit mean to you? Wow. Wow. It means, I guess, being happy, I think. Yeah. I think it really does mean being happy. Those those two have been intertwined kind of mm-hmm. since the day that I started this process of slowly, slowly building up. And it's not that I'm always happy, but you know, on the day on the days when I feel bad, to be able to have that outlet and that release is great. To to know that in some way, shape, or form in life that I'm making progress is great. Um, I don't know. It's really I, I'm, I'm guessing. This, and this is the problem, is the majority, I mean, I would say pretty much everybody who's listening to your podcast, they, they love fitness, like we love fitness. Yeah. But sometimes I wish that I was able to kind of speak to the, right. those people who, who have this stigma around like going to the gym and training and they feel like it's too difficult, it's too hard, because all of us know that that process, when, when you really get into it, is it. And it's so hard to explain to other people, but it really I, I does know. change your life. Like it changes everything about your yeah. life. And um, yeah. It's, I know, uh, no, I, I know. I, I, I feel that too. And I think that I had this experience where when I was running the half marathon, 
my mom made a comment and my mom, I mean, she will go to the gym sometimes, but she's never been like into fitness. And she made this comment of like, oh, well, it, you know, running is really difficult for me or like I get really tired. I'm like, it's really difficult for me too. It's difficult for everyone that's doing it. It's not that they're immune to the difficulty or the pain of it and that, you know, it's extra hard for you. It's just that they're, they're willing to go through that pain because they know on the other side of it, there's reward. Yeah. So it's like, you need to, there's no way to know that the reward though is on the other side unless yeah. you go through unless it. Unless you go through it. Unless you go through it. hundred percent. And I think, I think that's why fitness is such a great teacher as well is because yep. it's, it's such a, 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 a simple process. If you can stick with it just for like, what I mean, like two months. Right, if you can right. actually be dedicated for two months, you and, will yeah. see rewards. And yeah. there's very, very few, few things in life where you can put in so such little effort and actually see rewards. Um, and yeah, I, and I think that's why it, it does. It does, as you said, it just gives you that shift in, in perspective because you know that okay, I just got to dug it out a little bit. I'm just going to stick with it. It's not going to be enjoyable. It's going to be painful. Right. It's going to be difficult. Right, but. If I do do it, then I will succeed. Like I will get to where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Just on a, a final note, I think I'd be interested to hear from you. I, I had been on a fit, have been on a fitness journey for a really long time. So when my brother died, there, there was this overwhelming thought of there's no way around it. You know, I, I remember the, you know, the following the first couple of days, weeks following his death where I'm like, fuck, I wish I could take a pill and I wish it would go away. I wish it would stop hurting. Like you take aspirin for a hangover. Like I wish there was something. And there was just this resounding feeling of like, there's there's no way around it. You have to go through it. Like we have to go through this pain. There's no other way. And it, And I think that my ability to kind of reconcile that was made easier through, you know, things like fitness. We're like, it's going to fucking hurt, but you're, you got to go through it. Yeah. Without question. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, 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 again, as I said, yeah, I think I, I think I was very lucky to to stumble across that um, through my journey of mm -hmm. of yeah, just growing through the pain um, yep. as best as we can. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been delightful. It's so great to connect with you. I wish you all the best. I'm excited to follow along your journey. See what else you're getting into. Where can people follow you? Uh, the best place to follow me is either on Instagram or Facebook. You can mm -hmm. see me on Medium and stuff like that as well. But Instagram yeah. is really the best place. And it's Perfect. Jack Gerard, which is J-A-K-K -K dot G-E-R-A-R-D. And Chrissy, again, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, this good, a, a, good. A great chat. Thank you. Reminder, reminder to listeners, follow on Insta at What The Fit Podcast, me at Chrissy Grody, rate, review, share to social media, and have a great day. Love you guys.